Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt Where podcast. To hunt. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. It's, okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, Greg. Hey, uh, I'm doing my Swedish dance moves here. I know, I was just kind of doing some, some terrible robot moves. Hey, welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. My name is Eric. Greg Tubbs here. And Greg Tubbs here. I gotta work on my intro. I gotta get you I caught gotta work up. On my intro. And uh, this is, I think, episode one twenty something. Uh, today is March twenty fourth, twenty twenty. We're knee deep in coronavirus. Um, it's getting weird out there, folks. So we'll keep this going for a little bit. Hey, before we get started into the show and uh, introducing our guests, we want to do our call out to backwoodsgrind.com. Head on over to backwoodsgrind.com and smell their website. I dare you. I can smell it from here. Yeah. Greg's a real, it's not like scratch and sniff, but it's like click and sniff. Does that sound funny? <laughs> it does sound a little weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, entering code W2H podcast, you get 10% off. It's good stuff. Try it. The camp house is my favorite. I just got my shipment yesterday, actually. Yeah. Did you get mine too? No, but I think maybe I gave them your address. I'm not sure. We'll have to follow up with that. They did ask about you, so. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, well, that's good. Gumleaf USA. Does anybody know what Gumleaf USA is? They're rubber boots. They are handmade from scratch. They're 85% natural rubber. They're super comfortable. They have a vibram sole. Um, GumleafUSA.com, code W2H2020, get 10% off, which is a big deal because they're not cheap. Uh, but they are worth it, and they will last a lot longer than anything you're going to find at the big box stores. And then lastly, musket powder. <laughs> Musketpowder.com. It's homemade, camp-tested, seasonal. Enter in code W2H podcast, and you can buy one and get one. BOGO. You know what's funny about the word BOGO, Greg? What's funny about it? It sounds a lot like BOGA. Whoa, whoa. Real quick, before we get into the interview, it's time for our recipe of the week. The recipe of the week. The recipe of the week is brought to you by musket powder. Completely cover, then add a little more. Camp tested. You hear that? That's the sound of tastiness. All right, so this week's recipe of the week comes from one of our listeners, pan-fried venison steak. Most should already be watering. Here's the ingredients. A pound of venison or beef tenderloin um, cut into half-inch slices. Get two cups of crushed saltines. 
two large eggs, uh, three quarter cups of milk, a teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of pepper, and five tablespoons of canola oil. Here are the directions. Flatten the venison to a quarter inch thickness and place the saltines in a shallow bowl. Then in another shallow bowl, whisk the eggs, milk, salt, and pepper, and then coat the venison with the saltines and dip it into that mixture that you just made. Um, and then coat it a second time with the saltines. This is sounding pretty great, actually. Uh, then in a large skillet over medium heat, cook the venison and the oil in batches for two to three minutes on each side or until the meat reaches the desired doneness. And then for medium rare, a thermometer should read 135 degrees Fahrenheit, um, medium 140 degrees, medium well 145 degrees. That's that's it. That sounds pretty good. I feel like that would go really good with um, some breakfast to get some eggs and some bacon, maybe some grits or hash browns or something. It's just a good, sounds like a good meal. So uh, thank you. We will get you your musket powder. Thanks for entering in. And then uh, don't forget the BOGO. It's going to go to the end of this month of March, the BOGO and the recipe of the week. So thanks everybody for that. Let's get into our interview. Oh, really? You're going to roll that in there? That's cheesy as hell. Yeah, it was. What's up, guys? <laughs> you, might well, you, might well bring them, you might as well bring them on, seeing how you cheesed it up. That's what I do. We got James and Jared with Boga Hunting on the line. I think at one point I knew you guys as Hot Boga. I don't know if that was like the actual name hot or not. Hot Boga. Yeah. And yeah, we were hot. Uh, then we cooled now off, so we're just regular. That's all good. The heat wore off. <laughs> now you're just yeah. lukewarm you know, boga. We started hot and heavy, and then uh, the magic faded. So <laughs> that's great. What well, I think there's a video that you guys did that I watched where you were like being interviewed and talking about it. And was it? Didn't didn't you guys say it was like? Well, it's kind of like hot yoga, but bow with your bow. Yeah, yeah. We and no uh, yoga. And no yoga. We don't. We don't. We're we're actually an anti yoga podcast. Um, so. That's our stance on yoga. Um, but we, uh, my wife does yoga and, um, I like to shoot my bow. And so she decides to go do that. And she's like, I'm going to go do yoga for a while. I'm like, well, I'm going to go do boga. Uh, and that was basically as much thought as we put into the name. So that's who we are. That's good. I mean, the name never really matters, right? Like Nike is probably the weirdest name ever, if you actually think about it. In fact, I think they wanted to call themselves like, I think they started as Blue Ribbon Sports, actually. And so it doesn't matter mm, until you put something God. behind it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You got it. Yep. No, but the, uh, the, the kind of the shitty thing is, though, everyone thinks we're from Georgia. The Bo yeah. GA. Like, oh. oh, yeah, you guys are from oh, Georgia, God. right? We're like, no, we're not. Do you think that's yeah. like more of a, a compliment or a slant? Uh, so we, we had, we had Donnie Vincent on and he said he was thankful once he found out that we weren't from Georgia. You know, for all the Georgia listeners, I love Georgia. Did he have like a, a big relief, like a big sigh? Like, Oh, well that's a relief. It, it went pretty much like, Oh, and by the way, I'm very thankful you guys are from Michigan and not Georgia. And I, we actually have, we have that sound clip. You got to throw that in your intro if you got one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, why don't you guys introduce yourselves uh, so we know who's talking when you're talking and just uh, tell us a little bit about Boga, what you guys are up to, where you're from, all that good stuff. We know you're not from Georgia. Go ahead, Jimmer. 
Yeah, so uh, James, uh, <clears throat> I'm occasionally referred to as Jimmer. If you've ever seen Escanaba in the Moonlight, uh, you'll know the reference. Uh, and which I'm not. I'm not. I feel like I'm not like that character at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is half drunk all the time, and uh, you can't understand what he's saying. So, but we're based actually in, in Michigan, West Michigan. Uh, so not too far away from you guys, uh, Wisconsin. Although we actually we did a little hunting there this year, uh, Jared did all right. I saw some deer, um, and uh, so we're based here. Uh, run a podcast, a boga hunting podcast, um, some social media pages, uh, blogs, and stuff. And uh, yeah, we yeah, that's who we are. Jared, you go. Well, hey, I'm Jared. Um, I actually live about 30 minutes away from James on the south side of Grand Rapids. We've been hunting together for a long time. And one day James comes to me and says, Hey man, you want to start a podcast? We know enough about hunting. I think we could sit on a couch once in a while and just talk about some topics. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So that started probably about what? Three years ago now we've been doing it. Oh shit. Three Um, years ago, huh? Wow. The the podcast is about, so we started with, we, we decided we wanted to, we're like, let's just put a, uh, make an Instagram page. We can like, every time we go hunting, we can put our pictures there and mm-hmm. like, we'll just have a place to like, remember, you know, remember our, our big adventures. And, uh, my brother's like, you, you guys got to try to get followers and just see, you know, post content, and, like uh, offer help to other people rather than just put, putting pictures out. Uh, so we did that for probably, I don't know, close to a year before we did the, and then the mm-hmm. podcast. And he, then he's like, you guys got to do a podcast now. Um, and I, I mean, I fought against that for a long time. I'm like, there's no way, no one wants to listen to to me or Jared. That's uh, right. Tom did mention it first, didn't he? Yeah, he pushed for it for a while. On the phone anyway. Yeah, and so we finally, he finally convinced us uh, to do it. And um, yeah, then we've been doing it. We started bi-weekly just because we weren't sure mm-hmm. if anybody would listen and if we had, would have stuff to talk about. And uh, kind of moved to a, a weekly podcast deal, so. Have and it's like your favorite thing ever now that you guys are doing it. Do you feel like that was a really great choice? Hindsight? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's an excuse to spend at least an hour a week talking about hunting. And and even more importantly, we're, so we, like, there's a ton of people on uh, social media that are be like, you know, they'll kind of put themselves out there as experts. Um, and, you know, I, I'd say Jared and I have hunted a lot, but I, I would – by no means call us experts, but the beauty of the podcast is we can get guys on that we never would have a chance to talk to or pick their brain, mm-hmm. you know, in any other format. So the cool thing about a podcast is I feel like no one says no when you ask them to be a guest. So you get like this the awesome chance to, you know, what does Fred Eichler think about, you know, X hunting or, you know, we we're just talking Mike Mark Kenyon, how, what's his approach to why? And, uh, like I said, that's just not something that you could just call them up for the most part and ask them without a podcast. Yeah, I think that's valid. And it's definitely kind of come mainstream now. It seems like it's, if it hasn't, it's definitely on its way. I started seven years ago and, and then, you know, Greg joined, uh, probably the worst day of the podcast ever. Um, but when did you come on board, Greg? When was that September? The day that everything shit the bed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was in September. So yeah, we've been I at it. Leave right as right before bow season started. It's crazy. Yep. Um, but it's a ton of fun, right? Like it does give you that kind of I don't want to call it excuse, but reason to reach out to people. And you're right. So far, like people really don't say no. 
And then you get to make Greg, friends yeah. along the way. Like we've actually, I mean, Greg and I met because of the podcast actually. So it's kind of like, yeah, some real friendships have actually blossomed out of it and some good hunting buddies and you learn a shit ton. You, re- I mean, you really do. Yeah. Uh, Jared, would you say our relationship has really been deepened uh, because Between of the us? podcast? I, I would oh, say so. There are things I know now that, I, you know, will, you can't will remain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just for for the listeners, um, Jared and I typically, we don't podcast separately. I mean, it's one of the things we do. Uh, but we, we're, you know, we're in Michigan right now. We are, we are locked down. We are seeking shit. What is it? Seeking shit. What is it? Find a shelter, stay in the shelter, something with a shelter. We can't leave our house. Mm. Um, shelter in place. Shelter That's in it. place. But you know, I got a note. I got a note. I can travel around for work. Why? Do. What do you think? You're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> All that hunting. Uh, but no, our work is actually considered an essential business because we uh, procure and manufacture um, all products that will help with like sanitation and cleaning and stuff like that. Yeah. So That's I've got good a letter to go. that says I can travel, so okay. must be nice. Suck it, uh, Trebek. But the, the, what, I, <laughs> what I managed to do before the, this whole, you know, shelter in place was I exposed Garrett. So I've got COVID right now, and I actually exposed Garrett to it. So technically, he should be sheltering in place either way. Uh, yeah, that's what a good co-host a does. Huge dick move. Uh, well, it, was, it was last week we started uh, recording, and then the next day he calls me out and goes, oh, sorry, my wife's got COVID. It's confirmed. I'm like, dude, I was just with you last night. <laughs> so now I've got to, I got to tell everyone at work and I got to go home and now I'm stuck at home. Thank you, James. I bet your wife loves it. Lori's just probably thrilled. She is so thrilled. I didn't, I didn't tell her that you had it Tuesday night. I didn't know. See, the thing is, I didn't know, and then Laura got it, and now I, I got a fever now and, and stuff. But, you know, like I was telling you guys ahead of time, that has not stopped me from podcasting or shooting my bow, which is, you know, really what it's all about. Well, here we are, right? Uh, sure. Let's 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 talk about, like, you guys were in Wisconsin last fall, I think. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, like, how, what's your approach? Like, are you guys doing out-of-state hunts frequently? Was that kind of on a whim? Um are you guys DIY? Like, what's your what's your approach to, to hunting? Are you guys public land junkies, so to speak? Yeah. yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, so I guess recently, I guess we've really always been public land hunters just because, um, well, I guess, James, up to your cottage, there's some private land that we hunted on, but it butted right up against state land. But kind of just recently throughout the past years, we've really been exploring the public lands and getting out and doing the DIY um, packing out a tent, um, and it's kind of breaking off from there. But now we really have started pushing out to the, the out-of-state hunts, which we did do this past fall over in Wisconsin, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, are we going to tell where we went? Yeah, okay. I mean, are we going to go yeah, back there? Tell, yeah, I mean, you can just say Northwoods or, or Driftless Area or – you don't have to tell us exactly. No, no, no. I want, the, but I want the coordinates. I think you guys did good. It, you, <laughs> you would. It was, it was you okay. would. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we hit up the uh, Driftless area. Yep. Um, I actually cool. can't even remember the name of it off the top of my head right now anyway, so. Why can't I either? Uh, I got Jim Edgar, but that's in Illinois, so I, I can't remember. Well, but anyway, uh, Lafarge. That's yep. Lafarge. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Do you know where that is, Greg? Yep. Damn it. Oh, I know. 
God, I can never, you can never stump this guy. You know, he just always knows something. I'm impressed. Yeah. That, that was actually our second location, though. That was our backup. Yeah, um, you guys had such bad flooding. We had, what was the first one was? <laughs> Oh, right off, there's so on the south side of the, the south uh, west side of the state, we found all these island kind of like islandish things. Like you can camp and you can kind of take a, a kayak in and, and kind of hunt along the uh, the river down there. And sure. it was so Kickapoo, flooded. The we Kickapoo like, River, Kickapoo yeah. River was pretty blown out. So yep. that goes past Wildcat Mountain and all that stuff. So that was that was probably the plan to be somewhere around the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, it was the poo and it Wildcat Mountain. We were looking at <laughs> not to be confused with Peekaboo. A guy smoked a monster fuck from from what the internet forums say somewhere in the Wildcat Mountain area. It's all good. Yeah. So how did you how did you guys so, do that? Like, did you know someone here and you're like, hey, let's sync up, and and then then you kind of like work backwards from that, or um, did you kind of figure it out on your own? How, how did you kind of decide so, you were going to go to Wisconsin. Yeah, okay. So this I spent I spent a long time thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh and what I did was start with states I I wanted to stay in a in an interesting area. Um and I thought I just kind of always thought that like the driftless area is just cool, you know, not ever touched by glaciers, uh big buck, uh, you know, not too far away. And so that kind of it <clears throat> kind of got us um you know, focused in at least there. Um, but really, even before then, what I did was I took out, um, I looked up statistics and tried to find where, you know, best buck to doe ratio for harvest, um, best you know, numbers of deer taken per hunter, and then lowest hunter density as well. And it took a long time, but that was kind of, that's how I narrowed it down that area. And then Jared and I, for, for months, you know, we're, we're looking at different spots and, and you know doing tons of aerial scouting um topographical maps all that kind of stuff um that was that was huge uh for us and that, i think that was that was how we narrowed it down just using a lot of online maps because we weren't able to go out there ahead of time we went in virtually blind other than yep. the map and how'd you guys how'd you guys do i mean it sounds like obviously you had fun you know from from what i had gathered when you guys were here <laughs> you, i mean you, you did yeah. a good job of like going live and and showing kind of the trip and the journey and all that stuff so yeah, Jared, how'd you do? Yeah, I mean, we had a ton of fun. But the, the best part was is we brought along a guy, uh, one of our, a video guy, to film one of us. We actually brought along two, one of which knew what he was doing. The other one was fairly new to hunting. So bringing him on an out-of-state trip was a lot of fun because yeah. there, was, there was stuff we had introduced to him <laughs> kind of on the fly. Right. Um, well, and we're, we're out in the teepee. And then, like, and you know, you get there with forty degrees, and ha- halfway through the mo- uh, the week, it was four degrees, and so it was just funny to see Jordan, like uh, this guy who had never hunted before. Like, I feel like he got the full. And not only did he get the cold, like you know, camping out, he got the cold weather, the snow, he got the drag out, he got that. We called it the death march at the end, trying to drag Jared's buck out. I mean, he got. Oh. I thought he got the whole experience. I was pretty proud of that, actually. That's kind of, I mean, that makes a really good video, though, all of that stuff all kind of combined into one. You might think you've done like five hunting trips at that rate. And so we love about our weather right. here in Wisconsin. It just changes every two yeah, minutes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that was, a, no. that was a crazy experience. 
Yeah, it was crazy. And so we did the, the aerial scouting, and, and what Jared especially is, is good at is just boots in the ground reading signs. Um, and so we we did a lot of that once we got there. And it paid off. What are you looking for when you got yeah. boots on the ground? What what kind of things like we? I learned something new last year actually, and you know I'm I'm the okayest hunter, so um, you know I, I can use that as a way to shield any flack that people give me as an as a yeah. guy that's just learning. But I, I, for the first you time ever, I heard hunt the turd. Like that was new to me last year. That was the newest thing I learned. Hunt the turd. Hunt the turd. What are you referring to? <laughs> if you oh, find, if um, you find a big buck turd. And it's fresh. But I didn't know. I was like, wait, that's a buck turd. Like I honestly, that was, that was new information last season. So it's like, you know, I, I don't, obviously I look for other like transition lines and food and water sources and, and, and bedding and, you know, rub lines and, and you look for all this other stuff, the common stuff. And I was like, well, this is a new one anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I guess, good. I guess for my approach is everyone can go on the map and look at exactly what you just talked about. You yep. can look at those transition lines. You can look at elevation. You can find these sweet spots, and you're and you're going to go right there. But when you get there and you don't find any signs, then what do you do? So at that point, I guess what we were able to do is, you know, you pick out multiple sites, and you go and check those spots, and you want to hunt the fresh sign, just like you were saying, hunt the turd. So there was there were spots that I wanted to go and hunt, but once I got there, you know, it, it looked completely different than what I thought it was going to be. And there was, like, no sign around there. Like, you looked on deer trails, and it had, like, rain maybe a few days ago because we were constantly checking the weather. So, you know, you know, there should be at least some deer moving through here, and there weren't. So, the ability to move from one spot to the other and having that conscious decision on, like, hey, even though I know, like, I want to hunt here, it looks beautiful, it's, like, you know, the sun's coming up. I can just see a buck coming over that hill. Like, just don't hunt there. You got to just, just tell yourself in your head, just, you know, hunt yeah. the sign. I fall victim to that a lot. I'm actually one of those idiots right. that does right. that. It's only paid off like once. Um, so, and, and it sounds like you're mobile. Then, what's your setup look like? Well, this yeah, year. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, Jared, you, you do it. You're killing it. You're, great oh, job, okay. by the way. You, I love it. Can so you far. hear it in my voice? <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> so this year we actually tried out tree saddles for the first time and we're i think we're in love it's a new it's a new honey which so one did you what which, which one are you guys rocking are you fili- affiliated with anybody or are you just trying agnostically we started agnostic um and we just we actually just um are now affiliated with trophy line uh so mm-hmm. They make awesome stuff. I excited excited for that. Uh, but yeah, like Jared said, I mean, last year was kind of our first foray into the the saddle game. But but just to back up, I mean, Jared and I have been you know into mobile hunting forever. Um, and actually, you know, probably if like if we had a, a hunting philosophy, it it just be very flexible. Um, and so you know, we'll we'll both go out with hunting saddle stuff, but we'll also have ground ground blind stuff with us as well so if you're walking out and you just see a great spot you can just post up right there you're not too too keyed in sorry jared keep going no i just lost my oh yeah saddle hunting um so yeah we primarily we've got our saddles uh we've each got our own set of climbing sticks we're not really affiliated with anybody i've got lone wolf james has hawk helium um and we're really just heading out strapping those sticks to our packs and finding 
you know, you have those spots picked out on your map and you're just finding a tree where you can set up in. Um, if you don't like it, then it does. We most of the time carry a cable netting of some type and you can just pull it up on the ground. So it's really about having the options for yeah. the unknown. Because obviously, like we were saying, we can't travel to Wisconsin or, or the out of state that we plan to hunt um, yeah. to scout. So really, we're, we're going in blind other than the knowledge that we have from these aerial maps. So it's, it's really having the, the tool set to, to, be, to be successful just to carry yeah. it on your pack. And here's just – this reminded me uh, a bogus tip, and we usually reserve these only for our podcast, but uh, I got a bogus tip for you guys. Um, when you're looking at a new area, right, uh, what I have started to do is look for property that is available to lease in that area for hunting purposes. Like there's these hunting lease websites, right? And I try to find them nearby, and then I look through their trail camera pictures on their website you know, on that, the leasing website. Um, and actually that's helped us find little good spots mm-hmm. too, because people are like bragging about their, their hunting lease. And it's like, well, there's public land right, right there. Um, so like I said, just a little bug tip for you. Nice. That's a pretty sweet little tip. I got, uh, I think there's a caller on the line. So we're just going to, Oh, we're going to bring, Oh, we just lost. Never mind, We just lost. <laughs> I told him we'd take calls at 7.30 and then I saw him sitting there so I was going to bring him in and then I think he just missed my message so they'll try again. They'll try again. And then I'll just hit that button to interrupt everybody so we can bring a call and oh, add yeah. some questions. Sorry about that. Yeah. One of the challenges of a live broadcast when you take calls. Oh yeah. It, I mean it's actually a great idea. It's really really fun. Uh, but just to piggyback what off what Jared was saying, I mean, um, yeah, so the mobile setup is key, and it like we found is, and we've tinkered with it forever. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. you need a, you need a light uh, light stand forever. We use climbers and stuff, and you know, or I was exclusively on the ground just because climbers were such a pain to me. Um, and you need a good pack. Like the pack is kind of like your hub for everything. So you, at least for us, it's like you need a good frame pack, something that. Uh, can expand to haul out meat if you're back there, which we, we had to do often, uh, or can, you know, can carry your stand or whatever, but can compress down small. Um, and so this year we're, we're using these, uh, Seek Outside just came out with these uh, short tail, short tail. Uh, packs that I've, lo- I've been loving so far. I'm excited to get it out in the tree. But like I said, it, it starts with the pack and then you start kind of adding things on. So tree steps or, um, you know, saddles or ground blind stuff, and you got your knife and your stuff out there as well. So, um, but but it's a lot of tinkering and messing and trying to figure out kind of what fits your style and everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the time of year to tweak around and mess with that stuff anyway. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you want to go? Actually, we just got, oh, go ahead, go ahead, guys. Yeah, we just got those new packs in, and I, James was telling me all because he got his first because most of the stuff is sent to his house and then it yep. somehow just trickles back down to me. Which, <laughs> I get all kind of good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I pretty much took that new pack and just broke it all the way down to the frame and then started figuring out, you know, how can I put my sticks in here comfortably, comfortably so they're not moving around? How can I put item A on here so that it's not, you know, dinging up against the, the, uh, the post or whatnot? So it was 
it's actually a lot of fun to break down an item like that because then you can learn so much more about it too. Like I had no idea some yep. of the configurations I could put on it. And now it's, you know, it's all locked in and I'm ready to go. Took it out on a, a four day, or on a four day. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a four hour. Like four Gilligan's hour. Island, a four hour tour, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what well, was that brand again for that, for that pack that you stripped down? What was it called? Short tail. Yeah. yeah, the new uh dude I, I I mean, we've tried I don't know how many packs. I mean everything from like a QU to Mr. Ranch to I've had I've tried them all. Um and I, I think this is my, my new favorite. Um again I haven't taken it out yet, but so far it's just I mean you want something that hauls weight really well, but I was telling Jared the other day, like you're only usually hauling weight out a couple times in the year, and it's not like you know white tails like as uh, the same thing as an elk, and so that's important. Yeah. And obviously, like Seiko said, does it does a great job with that. But um, it's like you need a pack that just works, that has stuff that's easy to get to, that you you know it just kind of fits your style. And so everybody's different. It's just it's it's mm-hmm. been working well for us. Yeah, no, Greg, you were showing me. Um this late season bow kind of how to stack the sticks and how like certain stands come like as a system. And, um, yep. I don't know. Like I've done it in the past before, but it's just protruding so far out, uh, from your back that yeah. you're just, yeah, you feel I, like a giant I, tortoise. I just messed around in the garage one day and just kind of figured out a different way to lay them and, you know, get the lone wolf stacks, the sticks to stack together and then yep. flatten them to the, to the, to the tree stand platform and bungee strap them in. You know, we're not going on, we're currently not going on any big trips where I'm backing in eight miles or whatever to, right. to set up a tree stand. It's only a couple miles, if that, and it's manageable. And, I'm, you know, we're allowed to quarter our deer here, but we're only allowed to, to a quarter them a certain amount. We still got to take the rib cage and the spinal cord and, yeah. you know, and all all that's got to come with. So we all, we know that all. Yeah, we do know that. Yeah. We, we had a drag of we quartered it because Jared shot Jared shoots you know, the deer. So, you want to tell it? You know, I'm just going to tell a story. I'm just going <laughs> to jump right in. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are, you on, are, you, are, are you on speakerphone right now? No, I'm not. You're not? Okay. It's, yeah, it does. So I was going to say, if, you're, if you are, just uh, put up to the mic and get, you know, get real close to it so we can hear it good. How's that? A little bit better? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So. Probably after the first hunt, I had the great idea of floating this river when we were in Wisconsin. Uh, we were in an inflatable canoe, uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, just drop us off here. We'll meet you down at this other launching point, and it should only take like an hour or so. So I have my bow. I don't have a pack. I don't have water. I don't have anything. I'm like, oh, it's only going to take an hour. So Mark and I hop in the canoe, and we start floating down, and it takes two hours to get maybe a quarter of the way and we're like shit so it's starting you know to get around that time where we need to get out in that tree so mark and i decided to get out and go up this ravine not a ravine but a steep hill we'll call it and we get up there and we just start walking around and we don't really find anything that we like so we're like well, you know, we'll just set back down low by the river we'll find a good spot and we'll just blast and get some intel so we'll get down there. We had been hiking for a little while. We're just tired. And Mark lays down, actually starts napping. 
And after a couple minutes, I started seeing deer charge down this ravine we were sitting at. And those deer actually came around to us at about maybe 10 yards, Jim. I think you were less than 10. I mean, you walked me through, I think it was under, I think it was single digits. It was close. And we're on the ground. And so there's two bucks chasing this hot doe. And they come, they were starting to run straight at me. The doe kind of stopped and then kind of peeled off in front of me at like a little trot. And that's when I drew back. And while the buck was trotting along, I smoked him probably eight, ten yards. And he landed yeah. prop, He landed right right by the river. Died right there. So sweet. We're just going to pop him in the canoe and we'll head back to camp and surprise everybody. So I shuttle Mark across the river and come back to pick up the buck. And when I pick him up and put him on the canoe, his antler pops a hole in the canoe. <laughs> no. <laughs> so now, Mark's the on the other thickens. side. I let off some extravagant words. And he's like, what? Tell me what happened. What's going on? And it's, by this time, it's getting dark. We don't have a flashlight. We don't have anything. And I'm like, dude, I just popped a hole in this canoe. Uh, like a finger size hole. Yeah, it was right That's how you get your gorilla tape with you out there either, you know? Oh, yeah. of course, you know? Everything. So there was probably a good 30 seconds of silence that none of us said anything. He's like, well, what do you want to do? So I left the buck on that side, quick paddled across with enough air to get over there. And we went back up to camp, told everyone what happened. We all walked back down. We're thinking, oh, maybe we can wait across and... You know, we can drag them off through the water, but it was just way too deep. So we're like, oh, well, maybe there's going to be a patch kit back at the back in town. So we start walking back to camp, and James called his wife and told her the situation we were in. And he's like, yeah, we're just going to probably head back into town and try to find a patch kit. And she goes, oh, well, did you check the back of the seat? There's a patch kit in there. <laughs> She's like, oh. And this was, mind you, like, we had walked maybe a mile away from the river. So now we're thinking, okay, you know, we can walk back to the canoe and try to patch it right now or maybe just get them in the morning. So while we were contemplating that, all of a sudden, like, the coyotes just started striking up everywhere. We're like, okay, yeah. we've got to go get this buck somehow. So that's when we pulled up our aerial map and we're like, okay, we drive around, we can come in through the back way on the other side of the river and we can get them. So... We got into the truck and parked at probably 11.30. And we're trekking through the woods. We have no idea where we're going other than checking our phone and GPS to figure out, you know, where we're going. I had, a, I had an idea of where I shot him because I had marked it. We finally get over there and, you know, we, we found the bug, gutted him out. And then, like you were saying, because it was a, a CWD, CWD zone, we've got to drag the spine and rib cage out. So two guys each have a quarter in each hand, and then two other guys were dragging a legless buck all the way back. <laughs> and we probably got back to camp at, what, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, that was – you know, the, the, what you forgot to mention, though, is that for part of it, um, we are trying to get the boat out. And we're like, how do we get the boat? I'm like, we have to get the boat out of here. How do we get it out? And so for a while, we're like, we're, we're trying to like carry it through the woods. And it is just, I mean, that thing is heavy. It's like dead weight. Bowing in the middle, dragging, hitting everything. 
oh, so we were pissed about that. And for a minute, we're like, well, before we get the boat, let's let's see if we can board the river. If you guys have ever played Oregon Trail, let's just walk across the oh, river. Yeah. It doesn't look too deep. So Jerry, we get wait. I bring waiters out with me. I had them in my backpack, and uh, Jared gets out there, uh, and and we're like, dude you're going to die. Like you will get swept away. It's, it's the temperatures that's right at before the temperature drops super high or super low. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So that just throw that in there. And there was a period of time where we all just laid down. We're like, screw it. We quit. We're just <laughs> laying down for a while. Yeah. That was a fun one. That's yeah. a pretty epic one, guys. That's the shit you're never going to forget. You can tell that story till you're old in the nursing home. I know. Like yeah. the sound you'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a! Is <laughs> that the antler? What the fuck? <laughs> no, no, it was like I, you know, I, I'm trying to pick up the whole book by myself, which I think I'm stronger than what I am. So I'm picking them up, like I throw them in, just let them flop on, and all of a sudden, bang! Oh my gosh! The, it's like the moment you lock your keys, out, uh, you lock yourself out of your house, you shut the door, you're like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that, right? It's like one of the, you just, the yeah. second it happens, you instant, instant regret. Instant regret. That describes most of Jared's time in high school. Instant, <laughs> I instantly in regret oh, talking to that girl. <laughs> yeah, instant regret. Oh, there comes instant regret. Oh, that <laughs> I made a mistake. So just for, for you guys' reference, Jared and I go back pre-high school even. We've oh, been, shit. We've been hunting partners for ever so we've we've built up some hunting experiences uh and we, we know each other's style and, and tendencies pretty pretty well better than i would say probably most people um doing the same thing mm-hmm. so did you guys get that stuff filmed because you said you had a couple camera guys with you oh yeah oh it's filmed is that you know, is it the, produced uh, anywhere yet or are we gonna like really be excited to watch that when that comes out well and you know i don't want to hype too much of mark's work ahead of time but it's going to be the best thing you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> it's, it's up there with Titanic. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, know. yeah, you'll never let go. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, to so the we, boat. We used some of the footage for uh, a commercial we, we made for uh, Sturka Optics. Um, I think it's on our Instagram TV and yeah, our yeah, YouTube. Yeah, it's on your YouTube. Uh, yeah. We're gonna. Yeah, and we're taking a. Uh, actually, Jared's kill shot is on that that, that video. Uh, but we're taking the rest of that that footage and, and some that we're kind of building up over the next couple of years, maybe even to um, make it, make something a bit a bit bigger than that. Um, and so we're excited to to do that. It's all about finding uh, kind of adventure um, and stuff. So yeah, excited for that. But yeah, we definitely got it on film. And um, yeah, like I said, he's not here, but Mark, he's actually stuck in the UT right now. But Mark is a phenomenal uh, cameraman. We're we're just super lucky to have a guy like that with us. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I think I've I've like commented on some of your photos, thinking you guys took it and you had tagged him. Like, yeah, oh no, it comes yeah. from this guy here. I'm like, yeah, it's really impressive. I've been following you guys since you third, came to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, he's the third member of our of our trio, um, and uh, yeah, he is he's just awesome. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. We don't have uh we don't have Greg. You you got some video stuff. You know, you got the fancy cameras. Yeah, but I don't honestly. I there's plenty of times where they just get left in the truck because I don't feel like messing with it. Uh, I just recently picked up a decent camera arm, you know, everything else was, um, 
I got the old modern assassin, the the assassin reach. Oh yeah, and how is that? There, um, there's some things I would like to change about it, which I'm probably gonna tweak with the strap being one of them. Okay. Um, you know, the arm itself is good. It's gonna hold the DSLR camera. Um, I'm shooting in a Sony AX100 right now, which is a it's a, a video camera. It's a little bit better than a handy cam. Um, yep. and that's, that's got some weight to it, but it will hold my, my Canon T3i with a, uh, a bigger lens on it, 200 millimeter lens. So it doesn't do bad. Um, but I'm not real crazy about the strap system. Once it's on the tree, it's not moving. It, it definitely holds, holds yeah, the weight of the camera deal. pretty well. Yeah, it is a big deal. Um, it's a pretty compact unit. Um, Lone Wolf Custom Gear just came out with one that's extremely compact. Uh, but I like this one. This one's decent. Yeah, what are the other options? Like fourth, fourth well, arm or fourth arrow, whatever it is. That, I know they got one. But fourth yeah, arrow's one. Fourth arrow. That's what we use. Muddy's made one. Muddy's made one for years. Um, Lone Wolf used to make one years ago. Uh, the Hunting Beast, I think he still makes one if you ask him to. So everybody's everybody's got their little version of it. I think one of the earlier ones was the Lone Wolf one. So it's got a couple of interesting features about it. But, yeah, there's uh, there's enough stuff out there to for guys to, to select and, and run with. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're I mean, Jared and I aren't, aren't too experienced with, with the, the filming uh, that, that Mark is. And so he started with that, that muddy, but it sounds like he's really a big fan of the the fourth, uh, fourth arrow. Actually, that, those guys are West Michigan guys too. So it's cool. always cool when you can find people in your in your kind of geo range, right, where you can actually like meet people, talk to them, see them at your local trade shows, and things like that. It it makes it a little bit nicer. Yeah, like we were talking about before. I mean, just and you guys, I'm sure have this too in Wisconsin, but in Michigan, everybody hunts, and so many people come, you know, from our area. So we we you know we're just very. I mean. It's actually a blessing and a curse. But the blessing, obviously, is you just have access to a bunch of people. But at the same time, they're just those guys are always in the woods when you're trying to find a good untapped spot, you know, on state land or public land or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's valid. Well, Greg, I feel like did you have? I want to give you. You why don't you ask some questions? You asked them all already. I know. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I wanted you to do. <laughs> Like you, you ask some questions. Greg's like, you know, he's, I wouldn't say you're a gear junkie, but you are definitely significantly more knowledgeable about the tactics and the gear. And, and like you just listed off this, you know, the Canon T3i 200 millimeter. Like I used to shoot that shit and I don't even know what lens I was. I just say, like, oh, it's a lens. I would slap it on there and I would research when I got it. But then I just, I forget everything once I'm done yeah. figuring it out. I'm like that with hunting too. Like I, I don't know anything about the arrows, although the vector, I can tell you that now, but I, I just, nice. yeah. Um, I mean, I get a little rain man with the stuff, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, I don't know as much as, as some guys, um, you know, I, I know enough about mobile hunting gear because I've been using mobile hunting gear for some time now, you know, yeah. low mole standing sticks. I've played with all different kinds of ways of how to stack them, how to carry them, how to silence them, all that fun stuff. Um, 
have you, you know, tried, have you tried those, those climbing, uh, what are those climbing step things? You, you, you know, you wrap it around a tree, you, you put it in place, and they come like each individual step. Oh, I used to rock those in the yeah, rope version. The step ladder, um, or I think Wild Wild Edge Inc. makes those. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, those are pretty interesting too. I've not messed with one of those. Uh, I have a friend that's got some, and they're they're pretty darn stable. They still weigh a ton. Um, okay. You can put them in a pack. You know, they have a pretty strong rope on them that you have to tie a certain way around them. But, yeah. I mean, they work. And if you're a saddle hunter, I mean, you can put a ring of those things around a tree really nicely. And you could, you don't have to worry about carrying another another platform out there. You know, and maybe maybe you're not even doing that right now. Maybe you're just, you know, you're taking one one of your tree steps and you're, you know, or one of your sticks and you're you're standing on it. I don't know. Maybe there's you know, so many I, different I ways of doing it. Does that. Yeah, I know a guy who does that, uh, that uh, uh, stands on a stick. Um, it okay. just seems like, I, I don't know, what Jared and I have been using, and it's worked fairly well, though I, I kind of would like to try a platform, um, uh, one of those little saddle platforms, but mm-hmm. we did the ring of steps this year, um, yep. which took some getting used to, and like for a while I think I had too many too many of the steps on the ratchet and it wasn't letting it would slip a ton um but it what, does let what you were you using um silent approach okay the silent approach those are multiple steps on one ratchet strap basically yeah yeah plastic these kind of like uh, i think they're yeah yeah i yep. taped i hockey taped them all i got a pretty okay. quiet actually it's pretty cool but um I, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I actually think I would just prefer just a platform just because it's probably easier. Sure, I, I sure. I mean, I, but I, I do like those, those oh. climbing um, steps you're talking about, those wild edge. That, that, that's intriguing, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a, a really cool option. I mean, the Lone Wolf Custom Gear stuff's neat, but it's if you don't have it in your budget, you know, if you'd rather take that money and go buy an out-of-state tag, that makes right. more sense to me, I guess. You know, buy the experience rather than having the stuff and just sitting on it and getting yep. to use it a couple times well, i got to do um, a saddle hunt this last season with uh anthony heller he does the tip of the week now with deer vein and he yeah we met that we met him in wisconsin this year we hunted yep. with him a little bit but he's a good dude he, okay. he's a knowledgeable guy he let me hunt out of the um yep. uh the tethered one and then he used the arrow hunter i i think i, yep. I might be wrong um but he yeah. just used climbing so, sticks, and then that was it. Like, I had one climbing stick to perch on. The one thing I wish I would have had, if I would have known, it was a really great experience. Uh, I actually fell in love with it. I, I would probably, I'm probably going to go that route um, for many reasons yep. that we don't have to unpack here. We did a whole episode on it. But I think knee pads would be a big one, just getting yeah, some I, sort I of knee pad. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I do. Uh, do you use the knee pads? I don't remember. No, I, I don't. Greg, you were going to say something else, and of course I cut you off because that's what I do. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm used to it. It's all good. I don't take offense to it anymore. <laughs> good to know you did. Never said anything. Piece of no. shit. No, I never did. just had to throw that in there to be kind of a jerk because <laughs> I can't. Um, so using that stuff for saddle hunting um, – yeah, I mean, if you're going to carry a big platform out, I mean, it almost seems like if you're going to do go that far, maybe you just should hunt off of a tree stand. 
then again, it might be, it might depend on how long you're going to be up there too. You know, if it's just a couple hour hunt after work or something, uh, yeah. flat platform is not necessary, but if you got one good solid step to, to step on at the top, yeah. really all you need. But those, I've never those, saddled um, on it. Yeah. Those stand, those platforms that they use are like, I'm trying to think of a like a, the size of a book. They're not like a they're not not a maybe a big book like a children's book. Like it's yeah, pretty well, small. The, yeah, the the one from Tethered is pretty small. Um, yeah. The Lone Wolf Custom Gear one is quite a bit bigger. Is it really? Uh, okay. I've seen it. In, yeah, I've seen it and held it in hand, and it's it's a nice unit. But I mean, you got to be really into saddle hunting, and you got to be hunting a long time, I think, out of something like that. Um, it's a little bit bigger than the, the seat off of a, a lone wolf tree stand. So okay, I guess that I mean, makes it gives sense, you though. plenty of room. Yeah. Yeah. And it bites well, into the tree well. Yeah. Well, if you can if you can carry it like on the meat shelf of uh, a pack, I mean Certainly that, that, could. that you know then that makes sense to me because you can you can pin that right to the the, the shelf itself. Maybe put, that's where I put my sticks usually when I'm carrying them out. Put your bag you know back over top of it. Um, that might work pretty well. That might be what I do this year. I can hear yeah. the, I can yeah, hear the gears turning from here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I might do that. Coronavirus and all, you're going to go play with your pack after this bow beforehand podcast, and then you're going to go tinker with your pack. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> definitely going to shoot. What I've been doing lately is I, uh, I've got a spotlight, a battery-powered like spotter, and then I, I put a headlamp on, so I put the spotter out by the – you know, the target, because that's what I can shoot at night. I put the headlamp on. It works pretty well. That's a good idea. Sweet. What are you, what are you shooting? You're shooting a, a recurve, longbow? Uh, what do you got? Uh, this year, I'm shoot, so last year I shot a longbow. Um, this year, I'm shooting a bivouac backland recurve. Um, it's like a 54-inch uh, recurve, which is pretty short. But uh, like I was telling you guys before, with the longer bows in the saddle, it's it's super hard to, to maneuver um, just with so much so much uh, length. Um, so I'm excited. I took, shot it. I actually just got it in today. Shot it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to try that out in the woods. And, Jared, what are you shooting? I just got a, uh, what was it, a last, last year's. Jared, time. come closer to the, the mic. I can't hear you. How about now? A little better. But... How about now? Much better. Is it? Still, still, still only okay. <laughs> this is the okayest podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> maybe, I'll switch, maybe I'll switch into my uh, switch to a different headphones. But, um, but I'm shooting a Prime CD5 this winter. It's not set up at all because I haven't been able to get, I haven't been able to get off to a bow shop to make sure it's good. Because when I threw it back the other day, somehow the darn thing I over rotated the so I pulled it back in my kitchen, right? And I've got it at full draw, and I'm testing out the let off. And all of a sudden, I start to let down, and the whole bowstring goes loose, like completely limp. Uh oh. With the cams all the oh, way no. back yet. That's <laughs> so shit. At that point, I go, uh, honey, can you come here a second? She goes back down. So what? What's wrong? I'm like, oh, uh, you need to help me, or else this thing's gonna go off like a wood crack. So she huh. actually. <laughs> started turning the cams a little bit and it freed back up and I let down. Um, but yeah, that was a little scary. That's freaking scary. Yet. I haven't even shot it yet. Mm-hmm. 
I would have struggled with that. My yeah, wife wouldn't know what to do. She'd be like, but do what, do what, do what? What do you want me to do? She'd been terrified. She doesn't handle that stuff well. <laughs> no, she did great. Mechanical she, failures uh, aren't fun either. No. Oh, that's a freaky one too. And I like that. My first reaction when he told me, I just laughed at him. It just sounds hilarious. Like a hilarious. Now that I know everybody's okay. No, but yeah, that's that's the benefit of hunting with each other your whole lives. Yeah. Greg and I are making up for some of that time that we didn't have growing up together, but we're getting to know each other pretty well these days. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've exactly. got one buddy that I've got a buddy too that I've known since kindergarten, and him and I, we hunted and fished. We'd go up to his parents' place up by Rhinelander all the time, and and go fishing, and and I could tell stories about about him all the time, and this well, he could me too, give him some bad ideas to do stuff with the car that maybe we shouldn't have done in the backwoods. So, uh, I know how that is. You, you got a pal that they know what you're thinking most of the time and you know what they're thinking or you know what they're going to do. So it's pretty fun that way. And I'm getting to learn Eric's mannerisms here pretty well. So pretty predictable. Hey, real quick. I will say though, for those listening, you know, we're, we're going to get maybe like 10, 15 minutes left or whatever. If you want to call in, the lines are open. They're hot. So if you have questions for the Boga guys, James and Jared or Greg and I, or you just want to like join in cause you're like, cabin fever you're sick of social isolation and you want to talk to some hunters the lines uh the numbers on the screen there so i'm just gonna call it out there real quick if you if i see you calling i'll do the ring sound and we'll bring you on yeah don't be shy but don't crank call us or we will put your number up on the sex offender awareness list that's somewhere. right <laughs> that, is our, that is our official threat they actually might warrant that list <laughs> i know it's a couple people popped in cody uh, Jeff, Trevor, any of you folks want to call in? Byron, uh, who else is on here? Or Doug? Do you know these people? No, I mean, like, I, I know up, well, one of them, Jeff, we know well. Uh, I know yeah. mostly all these people, but not in person. Trevor, I've met in person. I've, okay. It's like, it's like this community, you know, like you, you get to know these folks. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of people that call in regularly and add value and ask good questions. We have people that we've never heard from before at all that call in. We talked to Chatterpillar that one time from California. He like called in and yeah. said, yeehaw. And we're like, we like this guy. And now he's a fan. A listener. I don't know, fan might be too extreme, but we sent him some stickers the other day. So Whatever it takes, man. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Good well, stuff. we're all in this community together, and we got to do what we can to help support each other, even if it's just words of encouragement every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, yep. that's what's important about it. You know, and try to preach a little bit about uh, conservation and doing the right thing. It's all good for us. Yeah, it's super important right now, especially. Uh, um, yeah, the, the conservation, the doing the right thing. Everybody's watching, um, and so yep. yeah, to have you guys out here, you know, kind of encouraging people to do the right thing. Um, that's a big deal. That, that goes a long way. Absolutely. Are you guys doing any other out-of-state hunts? This season, are you? Uh, what What is your What are your plans for this year? Yeah, so um, we've been debate. This has been this isn't settled. This isn't settled right now. We, we, <laughs> it, it's yeah. So there, we're we're looking at doing a um, a bear hunt either um, up in kind of the UP, uh, like the western UP of Michigan or Ontario. Um, we're also looking at doing this uh, the uh, North Manitou hunt out here in Michigan. Um, it, but it sounds like a lot of people are doing that. Do you guys know what that is? No. Manitou Islands? 
Yeah, there's a uh, every year a uh, handful of people are. Is it a draw? Um, I don't think it is right now. Once they get a certain amount okay. of people, it'll become one. But I shouldn't be telling everybody this, I guess. But <laughs> apparently, I'm not cutting it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's fine. You can keep it in. Uh, so a, a handful of people get to hunt the whole island, which is I don't remember how many miles, but how many by how many miles uh, wide. And basically, they drop you off in a boat for a week, and then they come back and pick you up. It's out in Lake Michigan, That's and cool. so. Yeah, I mean, you're it's it's the it's November, Lake Michigan, so it's choppy, and sometimes they're late to pick you up. And yeah, there's deer rough. that, yep, there are deer that are old, old, um, that get pretty old on the uh, the island there. And the crazy thing is, there is no. Uh, oh, I'm getting wrong end. No, no, that's uh, that's a caller. Okay, we're gonna bring him in. We'll just. Hey, D- hey, Doug, you're live on the Word Hunt podcast. First time ever, first time caller, long time yeah, I- listener. I, I called in once before. Maybe I you did call in. On, uh, some, yeah, some anniversary show. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I just no, know you typically record on Tuesday nights also, so it's rare that I'd hear from you. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, well, I actually saw that you guys were live, so what I did is I just brought in the audio from your show into my show, and we listened to you guys for a while. Dude, <laughs> that's pretty freaking cool. Awesome. This is like yeah, my show had, all over again. It's like podcast yeah, on podcast on podcast. Holy crap. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so what are James and Jared doing uh, to get ready for the hunting season right now? That might be a good some good good thing to talk about. Well, you know, I'll start. I uh, I feel like right now, the two things that I'm uh, three things that I'm doing. Two and three things. Where are you going to leave me to do? I don't know. I'm giving you all the crap. Like, I'm getting all the good ones. So shooting. You know, obviously, you got to just be shooting all the time. Uh, a lot of times, guys are getting new bows either in the winter or they're coming in now if they, they've ordered them. So, getting used to your bow, which is what I was telling, like I said before, what what I've been doing uh, today. Uh, tinkering with your gear, um, like we've talked about already. And the third one, which, you know, Jared, maybe it's time you start doing this and exercising and, and kind of training for it. Uh, Jared, I've noticed you've been putting on some pounds. I'm getting that you. You've got all of us support you in this, all here, but it's an intervention. This is actually what this podcast is. It's an intervention about you a know, live what's intervention. Going on. That's a bold yeah. move. Man. <laughs> that is a bold move. But, it, they, but, but interventions always work. So, so here you go. That's so funny. My three, Jared. You, you got to go, and you need at least three. Uh, I'll try, but I am not shooting my bow because I can't shoot it yet. Um, but to kind of go off what James is also doing, I am tinkering with my new pack i want to make sure that thing is slick trick ready to go i don't like anything hanging off clinking clanking one of my big things is uh loose straps james oh knows my that goodness. very well i hate when straps are loose so i need to be able to pack up my gear quick efficiently and quietly so that's something i practice pretty regularly you're you're, you're a marine um, right yeah i was a prior marine yeah. so that makes sense so that's yeah, that, it, is that why you're such a? Is that why you're so? You put the yeah. I, yeah was that why you're so adamant about the straps? I was gonna yeah, make fun of I, I think that's you. where it, it stems from. Just because, you know, you're you're hunting an animal who's got incredible sight and incredible hearing. So being able to get into your spot quietly and effectively needs to be paramount. At least in my eyes, that's that's why. Right. So anything that I can uh, tie up and tighten up so I'm not it's not getting snagged on anything it's not being loud that's that's what I try to focus on so having that all set up and then 
I guess, planning already, planning where I want to go for even like obviously turkey hunting next month. Um, but also in the fall, I'm already starting to look at spots that I want to go maybe put a trail cam in for the summer. Um, yeah. in places that I want to go scout. So it's, it's never too late to start your next hunting season. I know everyone kind of knows that phrase, but those, I guess those are the three things that I would be doing. Well, Doug, that's nice. a good, yeah. that's a good yeah. question. I was going to ask him. Yeah. I was going to ask him if they're doing any, uh, virtual scouting right now as well. I know a lot of guys start doing that this time of year too. So yeah, it's good to know. It's continuous. All right, well, I'll let you get back to your show. We'll talk to you later, Eric. Thanks, Doug. We got another caller behind you here. We got uh, Cody Jenkins out of, Cody, where are you calling from here? Galesburg, Illinois. Hey, Cody, you're live on the Word Hunt Podcast. What uh, what kind of questions you got for the guys? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going tonight? Hey. Hey, I just want to say I'm fans of both you guys' podcasts. I appreciate you guys uh, creating content. And uh, I know that the Boga guys are big on the ground hunters. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask what, how, how do you guys become confident on the ground? Are you setting kind of elevated where you guys can see? Cause that's my biggest thing. I just have no yeah. confidence on the ground. So how do, how do you guys go about that? Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is one that I took up, especially um, I had an issue with the stand kind of broke. I fell out. And uh, I'm like, screw that. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> so I had a new, like my daughter had just been born. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm going to just take some time. Um, and that was actually the same year that I, you know, that's, that's when I started hunting from the ground. Our big thing is actually we, we get pretty low. Uh, what, what we'll do is look for like a blowdown or something. Um, and you can usually make a quick blind in there, clear out the leaves in the ground. And we'll sit pretty low, but give ourselves enough cover to get on our knees to shoot. Um, okay. And some guys do it sense. when they sit out there. Yeah, some guys will do it when they're sitting out there, and they'll they'll get a chair out and they'll just work on like no movement at all. You sit real still. There's a there's a guy on YouTube that does that. But my style, at least, has been just stay, stay low and kind of you know crouch up and go on your knees when it's time to shoot pretty well. Yeah, I've always I've always like I've always felt like I needed to stand just so I could have the visual. But sure, I guess sitting in a low chair is what I tried the other time. So I guess on your knees would be a little bit better. At least you would have maybe a foot that you could raise up and down just to get the visual. Cause that's the biggest thing for me on yeah. the ground. It's just the visual is so um, subpar com- compared to in a stand, but I'm really intrigued. And there's a lot of places that I could see having success on the ground. Yeah. Um, it's just me having the confidence to do it. And I think over time I, it could grow on me, you know, so yeah. it's something I'm going to try, but Cody, I um, shot. I appreciate the on the knees tip. I was gonna say I shot a, a well, doe from ten yards on the ground with my bow. With like a, you know, I'm thinking about. I don't obviously have the camera here, but those that are gonna listen later, left foot with the foot on the ground and the knee kind of bent, and then my right knee was on the ground, and I was able to draw back and 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 do it that way from the ground. It was, it was just a doe, but it was yeah. there's a lot of adrenaline on that shot just it, based it, on being that it, close. It, it was nuts. Makes you excited. Yeah, yeah I mean you are. Although you can't, the standing method works too. I I shot one a couple of years ago with Jared. Um, we were out. He was somewhere else, but I literally had uh, these two giant oak trees. I just literally stood behind. I kind of had an idea where the deer were coming from. Um, stood behind it and and shot shot one right right on the ground that way. So too. So I mean, it, like a lot of the time, I think the big thing is just to practice at different angles. Uh, you know, 
uh, like I was saying before, shooting a long bow, you've got such a long axle or tip to tip um, that you got to really be conscious of like trying to get that on off the ground. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you practice and then if you practice in, in a ton of different scenarios, once you go out there, you can just kind of find the best spot and make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've killed a couple of does off the ground, and I've always tried to find like an elevated spot, yeah, like a ridge or something where I'm up off the ground. And a lot of time, it's where I have a designated stand hung, and then uh, I'm on some public somewhere, and I don't have my pack in set with me, and the winds changed or something, yeah. and I'm hunting e morning evening. So I'll just go on a whim, and I've had success doing that, but I'm kind of hunting this marshy area where there's very little elevation. So I'm going to have to try maybe – do you guys ever, uh, like, try to use decoys or anything like that during the rut to just deter them from looking at you if you're on the ground or – Yeah, so um, we have before. Actually, one of of my more memorable hunts is Jared and I, when we were – we had to be – 15, 16 years old, uh, we had this giant plastic, you know, decoy uh, that we haul out. It's actually gun season. We're just grabbing the things through public land in Michigan. Uh, we had a one shot, but and we, we dragged this uh, deer pee and this rope behind us. Um, we're literally halfway up the tree stand and a buck, you know, it was this little six point that we let, let walk, but it was really cool. I mean, that was like the first time we were ever trying a decoy and it worked the first time. Um, that being said, since then, I just did not have a lot of luck with decoys in Michigan. Um, and oh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Just pressure is so heavy that you almost just want to be silent. But, like, in a place like you in Illinois, I could see that, you know, being awesome. If you haven't heard of um, Montana decoys, check those guys out. We had them on a long time ago, but they make, like, really similar to the thing you put in the windshield of your car, that, like, fabric-y material that can, like, fold down yep. to nothing. Just poof, pop it up. So for a public land hunter, you can still pack that in without it being clunky and yep. weird, and it's pretty effective. Yeah, that's a good idea. We're actually recording with him yet tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they're great. Yeah. No way. No, awesome. Very cool. Well, All that's right, great. Guys, well, Cody, him, thanks uh, for the call. On the line, but I, yeah, I appreciate you answering the question. Like I said, I enjoy both you guys' content. I know it's a struggle to create some time. It takes a lot of time and energy, but I appreciate it, and uh, I'm going to keep enjoying your guys' show, so. Let someone yeah, else get us, on the line. Shoot us your buck pictures when you get them this year, uh, especially if you get one on the ground. Yeah, same. Thank okay, you. Okay, will do. Thanks, Cody. Well, guys, thanks for answering some call caller questions. That's uh, so one of the things that sets us apart as a podcast is we do it live and we and we field calls. So no pranksters, luckily, yeah. this time around. I, you know, is it wrong to say I was hoping for a prank? <laughs> I, was, I wanted one. I know. Uh, that would have been awesome. Secretly, sometimes I do too. But it's funny because I collect all of that. Da- I can see their phone number, their cell phone carrier. Like I see all the stuff. So I dare you. You know, this, maybe I shouldn't say that. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just have the we'll just have the listeners. We'll just stick you on the listeners, and then good luck with your life after I give your phone number out to everybody. <laughs> there you go. Yep. I think since, so we actually, who was it? Was it Kurt Geyer that said that? Kurt Geyer's like, no, just put him on the sex offender registry list. And then we've gotten zero since then. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. that's a good, I would not want to be on that list. Oh my gosh. No. I just found out my neighbor's publicity. on that list. Your, na- cool your neighbor? Yeah, like next door neighbor. Hmm. To the right or to the left? Mm, if you're looking at my house, yeah. to the left. Oh, okay. I guess I could see that. Yeah. Well, for those that didn't get to call in or couldn't have an opportunity, even if they have stuff going on at home or kids or whatever, um, you know, 
Jared and James, be, remember to come back to the feed and answer any questions that came through and, and respond to folks that way too because there's some folks asking some questions there too. But we'll wrap up. It sounds like you guys got another podcast to get to. Um, I like to put my daughter bed at nighttime, so that's a, it's a, what I like to do after 8 o'clock. But let's end with, uh, you already mentioned the memorable hunt. Um, you know, where, where do folks find you? You have a pretty unique name. I don't think it'd be difficult, but where should they be consuming your content? What is there anything? Is there anything you want to leave anybody with? Jared, you're the best at this. I'm not very good at it. Yeah, sure. Our, I guess our, our main platform is Instagram. It's where we share most of our content right now, but you can also check us out at bogahunting.com. Um, we've got a good blog platform on there that we release most of the content that we have, um, for that month and then even more in depth each week so tune in for that because we're coming up on turkey season we've got a lot of good stuff and a lot of good guests on the podcast coming up so if you're looking for maybe just refresher information or just some new information on some like tactics and strategies come check us out we'd really appreciate it oh yeah that's super cool looks like we share some listeners too so that's great greg any parting thoughts for, for you on your end there None whatsoever other than, uh, Jimmer, you better get better. So, uh, <laughs> you can go out and turkey hunt and not Thank have you. a barking call. Yeah. And, uh, Jared, shoot straight, get that bow tuned up. Are you going with the boomstick or are you going to try and get that bow set up for turkey? I'm, I'm going. No, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to say. James, James will my head off if I try to go with I just, shotgun. I just make fun of him. I'm like, you're boga. You can't. You can't shoot. You can't go turkey hunting with a shotgun. <laughs> well, you could. That's not on brand, But if it comes down to it, last day of the hunt, and you know they're not coming in, there's no there's no hurt in, in bringing the boomstick. There's none at all. No, it's just that I like to, I have to find reasons to give Jared a hard time, and Sometimes I have to really reach for it. <laughs> That's great. You guys are you guys are good shit. Thanks for for taking time out of your busy schedules to be on our show, and you know maybe someday we'll join you on yours. And uh, it'd be great Absolutely. to sync up sometime too. If you guys are back in Wisconsin, wherever over in Michigan, so yeah. yep, sweet, we love it. Cool. Thanks, folks. I'm gonna end the live uh, recording right now. So everybody that tuned in and called in, we appreciate your support and patronage and whatever you want to call all that stuff. Uh, have a good night and hunt public. Bye. Welcome to our news segment brought to you by eHunter. That's E-H-U-N-T-R. eHunter is your resource for your go-to site for anything and everything hunting related. eHunter is the last one-stop shop resource you will ever need. Go check out eHunter.com. Hey guys, this is Taryn Hunt with eHunter. Dot com. Back again this week with some news articles for you. Oddly enough, this week was pretty slow with news articles. We didn't have a lot on the website, but um, do have some good ones for you that I'll share with you. And actually, I'm going to start outside the United States. I'm going to start up in Canada. In Canada, near Toronto, they found a sheep camp that was over 10,000 years old. Uh, the reason they knew it was, it was a sheep camp is they found bones of sheep and goats. I think, believe it said gazelles and deer as well. But it was in this cave. On the, in the article, we have pictures of the cave. It's actually pretty neat to see 
how old this camp was. Apparently there were several people that used this as their sheep hunting camp 10,000 years ago. So pretty interesting. We're going to come back into the U.S. now. Uh, we posted an article about three Pope and Young animals taken in the same month across the United States. Uh, the animals included a black bear, a mountain goat, and a white-tailed deer. Again, those pictures are up on the website. If you're a white-tailed hunter, you need to be you need to go check out the picture of that white-tailed man. That thing is huge. And actually, we're working to get the the guy that harvested that whitetail on a podcast so stay tuned for that hopefully we can get that up on our on our podcast site here pretty soon and then our last article we're actually going to go again outside the united states um we're actually going to go to france which i believe this is probably this is our first article that we did for france but there was a deer hunter over there um obviously hunting deer and ended up getting attacked by a deer which i probably shouldn't laugh but just interesting we've seen Several of these kind of articles pop up over the last year of of individuals being attacked by deer, but in this one, the deer got the best of this guy. Uh, he the the antlers gouged his face, almost ripped his nose off. Pretty gruesome. We do have again some pictures up on the website. We don't have the really gruesome ones on there, but we do show what the guy looked like after he was all stitched up. So he ended up getting, I believe, over fifty stitches in his face starting from his lip up through his nose and around his eye so again that picture's up on our website go check it out so anyways guys that those are the three articles that we have for this past week not a huge busy week in uh, the world of hunting i think everybody's consumed with the coronavirus right now so that kind of consumes all of the the news and everything that's going on so if you guys have any questions reach out to us at ehunter.com we'd love to help you guys or answer any questions that you may have see you guys The tip of the week is brought to you by DeerVane. Go over to DeerVane.com, hunt hard, hunt smart. Anthony Heller is a great guy. He gives us our tips for the week, and they're super practical. So, Anthony, thank you for helping us all become better hunters and thinking practically when we're in the woods. Let's get into what you got for this week. What's up, everybody? Again, thanks for sticking around all the way to the very end. This week's tip of the week is actually kind of split for public land hunters versus private land hunters. Private land hunters, if you got tree stands that kind of stay up year round, you may want to go check them, check their straps, may pull them down and put them back up in the fall again. But also, uh, now is a great time to go trim lanes and check out new spots for new stands. So getting out there, uh, figuring out exactly what tree you're going to hang your stand in. I personally don't like to set up new stands right now because I I don't want them to just wear over the summer and... Uh, I'd rather just keep them in the shop until now or until the fall when I'm ready to go. But what I will do is go out, mark all the exact trees that I want and, uh, and trim branches and trim lanes to make sure that I am able to get out there and just hang them in the fall. Also, there's a lot of vegetation that grows up over the next, you know, four or five months and trimming right now won't stop all of that but it'll at least give you a really good base so that when you do go back in the fall you're able to just go there and just trim out a couple small areas and you're good to go as for public land hunters uh right now is a great time to get out and just go mark 
all those trees that you want to get set up in. You know, like I generally on the pieces that I hunt, I have about 30 waypoints or 30 tree stand markers. And every year I try to add a few more to that because I know based on based on deer movement, based on wind, based of, on time of year, weather, there's all sorts of things that play into it. Uh, I always like to have as many options as I can and finding all those stands right now really helps me be able to just decipher that come September 16th, October 14th, you know, November 1st, whatever time of the year it is, I'll have a stand for that because I've already gone out and marked it and I know where it is. So hope that helps guys and uh, catch you later. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in this week. We appreciate the calls coming through on this week's episode and thanks for making it this far. So uh, we are still booked out quite a ways. I think we're actually getting into July now for guests. So it's just a lot of fun doing this stuff. Next week on the show with us will be Johnny Utah. Uh, the week after that, we'll be talking with the guys over at the Outdoor Drive. Uh, beyond that, we're talking with um, a young man down south. And then we're talking with uh, Troy Fowler on the 21st, the ranch, a.k.a. the Ranch Ferry. And then the Accessible Hunter on the 12th of April, then Chama Chairs, then the White Tail Legacy crew on the 26th, uh, Elk Bros on the 9th, and then as we get into July, we'll be talking with the Outdoor Medic. So we still have a couple more to fill in there, but it should be a good lineup. We hope everybody appreciates everything. And um, for those that don't know, we just signed up for Patreon. Uh, we have two members. So thanks for our two members on Patreon. What we're doing there is a hell of a giveaway at the end of June, the last day of June. We're going to do a big old giveaway right now. We have, uh, confirmed that vector custom shop will be, uh, pitching in a six pack of arrows. That's an $89 value. If you subscribe to Patreon for five bucks per month, we're going to send you a sticker and eventually some koozies. Um, and so you get that. I think that pays for itself out of the gate. But then by being a Patreon member, you're going to be able to get drawn for some of these really big ticket items at the end of June. So we're still working out the details for the rest of that. But that money is going to go right back into a prize. So we're going to buy a lot of really cool and likely expensive stuff. So if that sounds like something you want to participate in, head on over there. The link is in our Instagram. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get to it. So if you go to Instagram, uh, where to hunt Instagram, you can click on the link in the bio and it'll take you to our Patreon page. That's what we got for you. Thanks for the reviews, the commentary, the feedback, all of that good stuff. We appreciate it and have a great day on public.